Elon Musk makes an offer. Goldman Sachs and Wells Fargo deliver earnings. We cover the biggest analyst calls of the day. Hear from Amazon on inflation and report the biggest moments of the week. This is the Running With The Money weekly recap. Let's get into it. and welcome to another episode of the Running With The Money podcast. I'm your host, Luke Donay, and the show is powered by Pounding The Table. But let's get right into it. The Dow Jones finishing the day down 113 points, NASDAQ down 292, and the S&P 500 down 54. Going group by group, sector by sector, technology leading the way to the downside. That sector down 2.68%. Every sector was in the red today, but top three worst performing sectors, technology, communication services, and consumer cyclicals. On the week, rounding out this short week, we have energy in the number one performing spot, up 2.67%. Basic materials right behind it, up 1.53%. In consumer defensives, the last green sector of those top three, up 0.58%. Every other sector in the red with technology, the worst performing sector on the week, down 4.87%. Now, shifting into the biggest headlines of the day, Elon Musk officially making an offer to acquire Twitter. His offer, $54.20 per share, according to the SEC filing that was filed this morning. It's also important to note that this offer values Twitter at $43 billion. Now, Elon Musk wrote in a letter to Chairman Brett Taylor of Twitter, quote, I invested in Twitter as I believe in its potential to be the platform for free speech around the globe. And I believe free speech is a societal imperative for a functioning democracy. Now, he also noted in that letter that he believes Twitter can neither thrive nor serve on, quote, free speech in its current state. Throughout his letter, he said, quote, as a result, I am offering to buy 100% of Twitter for $54.20 per share in cash, a 54% premium over the day before I began investing in Twitter, and a 38% premium over the day before my investment was publicly announced. My offer is my best and final offer, and if it is not accepted, I would need to reconsider my position as a shareholder. Now, He then went on a TED Talk later today and did an interview. And in reference to acquiring Twitter, he said, quote, This is not a way to sort of make money. It's just that I think my strong intuitive sense is that having a public platform that is maximally trusted and broadly inclusive is extremely important to the future of civilization. But yeah, I don't care about the economics at all. So Elon Musk noting here, he doesn't care all too much about the economic incentive or return from acquiring Twitter. This investment for him is more about free speech if he doesn't indeed get to acquire Twitter. Of course, the Twitter board has to approve that, and they have noted throughout the day that they are still assessing this. Some of those Twitter board members are already saying and not in favor of this deal. It'll be interesting to see how everything plays out. There are also reports coming out here going into the end of the day that several other firms are possibly putting together bids for Twitter. So a lot going on at the moment. It's a very fluid situation, but Twitter did indeed respond to the news. The company went on to say, quote, The Twitter board of directors will carefully review the proposal to determine the course of action that it believes is in the best interest of the company and all Twitter stockholders. Now, shifting away from Twitter, banks delivering earnings today, specifically Goldman Sachs and Wells Fargo, we are going to cover 
Goldman Sachs delivering earnings per share of $10.76 per share. That came in above the expectation of $8.89. Revenue coming in at $12.93 billion. That is well below the same time previous year Q1 level of $17.7 billion. But that $12.93 billion in revenue was still above the expectation of $11.83 billion. So a significant drop-off in revenue was expected. Also, profit at Goldman Sachs falling 42% to $3.94 billion. Goldman Sachs fixed income desk produced $4.72 billion in Q1 rev, nearly $1.7 billion more than what the analysts were expecting. Also, Goldman's equity desk produced $3.15 billion in revenue. That was $570 million more than what the analysts were expecting. And then finally, their investment banking revenue, unfortunately, fell by 36% to $2.41 billion in Q1. It's also important to note that the CEO made some comments in reference to Ukraine. He went on to say, quote, it was a turbulent quarter dominated by the devastating invasion of Ukraine. The rapidly evolving market environment had a significant effect on client activity as risk intermediation came to the fore and equity issuance came to a near standstill. Despite the environment, our results in the quarter show we continue to effectively support our clients. And that was CEO of Goldman Sachs, David Solomon. Now, Wells Fargo also delivered earnings numbers today. They delivered an EPS of $0.88 per share compared to the $0.80 that was expected. Revenues of $17.59 billion, which unfortunately was lower than the estimate of $17.8 billion. Profit at Wells Fargo falling 20.8% from a year ago to $3.67 billion in Q1. Wells Fargo also reported that home lending fell by 33%, possibly something to do with the Fed. I think so. Now, the CEO, Charlie Scharf, went on to say, quote, the Federal Reserve has made it clear that it will take necessary actions to reduce inflation, and this will certainly reduce economic growth. So, Charlie Scharf believes that economic growth could be slowing due to what the Federal Reserve is doing at the moment. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, we have Evercore ISI adding a tactical underperform on meta platforms. Ouch. Now, the firm went on to say, quote, our FB tap underperform is based on our view that street first half revenue estimates are overly aggressive based on FX headwinds, potential brand ad spend pullback in Europe, limited to date reels monetization, street second quarter estimates that appear intrinsically aggressive given the very tough comp and a lengthy timetable until a post-privacy ad attribution model is fully deployed. So it seems that Evercore is not all too bullish at all on meta platforms previously known as Facebook. They believe the street is overestimating the company here and thinks they will underperform those estimates. We also had Evercore ISI today adding a tactical outperform on Lyft. The firm went on to say, quote, our Lyft tap outperform is based on our view that the street's first quarter and second quarter revenue estimates are overly conservative based on the large batch of positive recovery factors, including NYC Chicago rideshare data, Uber's early March business update, Apple and Google mobility trends, TSA throughput data, and sensor tower app traffic trends. Now, Morgan Stanley reiterating Netflix as equal weight today as well. The firm went on to say, quote, long-term, we believe Netflix will deliver compelling revenue and margin growth. 
Near term, we see risk to consensus net ads expectations. Valuation is not stretched here, but we think it is likely shares can outperform with falling net ad estimates. So in essence, they're saying the stock has fallen far too far in their opinion, and now they believe that the name can outperform, but they still reiterate it as equal weight. UBS reiterating Netflix as a buy today as well. So two big time calls on Netflix. UBS went on to say, quote, we continue to believe in Netflix's long-term growth opportunity as international penetration upside and pricing power drive higher margins and free cash flows per share. So, UBS, liking what they see at Netflix, still confident in the long-term thesis. Also, Morgan Stanley today reiterating Amazon is overweight. From another sick quote, once again, we see this stickiness, merchant availability and consumer demand, as being key to driving revenue acceleration and margin expansion through the remainder of the year and into 2023. Morgan Stanley, reiterating Amazon, is overweight. And then our final analyst call of the day was out of Cohen, reiterating Alphabet as outperform. Confirming on this quote, we slightly raised our first quarter Google search ad estimates following our bullish digital ad expert check call on 4.5, which suggested search is seeing strong demand. Despite tough comps and first quarter deceleration led by Google Shopping, search is also likely benefiting from iOS privacy changes. So, Cohen reiterating Alphabet is outperform, liking the numbers and data they are seeing for Google search. Now, shifting away from the biggest analyst calls of the day, one quick note. So, Amazon CEO Andy Jassy, he actually released quite a bit of commentary this morning, but Amazon announced that they will be imposing a 5% fee to U.S. third-party sellers who are using their shipping and storage services. And Amazon CEO Andy Jassy noted this morning that Amazon can't simply take on and eat up the fuel and inflation surcharge cost. And he also noted that there's a lot of cost in relation to the pandemic and the war in Ukraine that could possibly be hurting Amazon. So he said, unquote, at a certain point, you can't keep absorbing all those costs and run a business that's economic. Jassy told CNBC's Andrew Ross Sorkin in a Squawk Box interview this morning. So that was my quick note on Amazon that I wanted to give to you guys, not only them imposing that 5% fee to all U.S. third-party sellers, but also his brief comments pretty much saying they can't simply eat up all of those costs. They have to pass those costs on. Now, shifting away from the day and into the biggest moments of the week, Monday, we had JP Morgan's top strategist, Marco Kalanovic, pretty much throwing in the towel on the markets near term, telling investors that he thinks it's Time to take profits on those growth names and look elsewhere. He maintained an overweight of commodities and energy stocks, but at the same time kept his S&P 500 price target for the end of the year at 4,900, which is plenty of upside for the rest of the year. Also on Monday, Shopify announcing plans for a 10-for-1 stock split and also getting some non-transferable founder shares for their CEO, Toby Lutke. So they're working on that over at Shopify. Those announcements came Monday. Of course, Tuesday, we got that ever-so-important CPI headline number coming in 8.5% year-over-year, the highest we have seen since the early days of the Reagan administration. That core CPI 
buy also rising, but an interesting note that came out of this was used car and truck prices declining 3.8% for the month. Jeffrey Gunlatch then commented on inflation shortly after that CPI print on Tuesday. He went on to say, quote, I think we are near peak inflation. Inflation is peaking because the base effects are going to be somewhat favorable. So a big time investor, a big time legend on the street, double line capital CEO, Jeffrey Gunlatch, starting the conversation and starting to get that conversation going about whether inflation has truly peaked. And then, of course, yesterday, Wednesday, JP Morgan disappointing with their earnings. Once again, we covered in detail JP Morgan's earnings in yesterday's briefing. So go check it out. Jamie Dimon, not as optimistic on the economy as he was a year ago, but still optimistic, but at the same time, seeing some big time risk, especially geopolitically. And then finally, Delta yesterday beating expectations, delivering an adjusted loss per share of $1.23 compared to $1.27 that was expected into revenues of $9.35 billion in comparison to $8.92 billion. Delta also announced yesterday that they expect some big time numbers in Q2 and expect a return to profitability in Q2 as well, which sent a lot of travel names moving higher. But that is the show for today. I thank you all for listening to another episode of the Running With The Money podcast. We'll be back, of course, next week because it's a short week. Enjoy your holiday weekend. In the meantime, go get Pounding the Table a listen anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Those are very good friends of mine, and they put out some of the best financial content out there. I'm very glad I get to call them team members. Also, please go and give me and my team a listen and follow anywhere on social media, Facebook and Instagram, and please follow me at Luke Danae on Twitter. Until the next one, Eastly Profit Trade On, and I will see you Monday. <laughs>